Shark Child, and this is The Dark Verse, a collection of my strange works with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. I finally was able to set a username for my Facebook page, drumroll, it's facebook.com slash sharkchild. I know you're surprised. Well, come visit me and... If you do, then you can become my fan, and that would be splendid. So please go to facebook.com slash sharkchild. For your information, the story I'm about to share with you was inspired by swarmer termites and tape. Swarmer termites are the termites that have wings. They fly away from the rest of the termites and go out to mate and form new colonies. It's really cool. And uh, I'll let you use your imagination to kind of put together, after you listen to the story, what inspired the craziness that's in it. And by the way, there are no insects in this story. There is tape. So take that for what it's worth. This is episode 51 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled, No More Resistance. I taped her entire body with thick, clear packing tape, every inch. I taped her fingers and toes to one another. I taped her legs together and her arms to her sides. I ran tape from her head to her shoulders, locking it in place. Her eyes were taped open, her mouth was taped shut, her ears were taped closed. Then I wrapped her over and over with the transparent tape, confining her within an amuring, mummy-like cocoon. Each wrap was a test of my strength, forceful and unmerciful, leaving not the smallest gap within the spaces of her imprisonment. There was no chance that she could have even moved a follicle of hair. The only vestige of this woman left unbridled was her nose so that she could tap into air and remain alive. It flared and retracted violently, but I did not mind this movement. Resistance for this poor woman was no more. There was nothing she could use to stifle my actions, not her movements, not her emotion, not her voice. I could crack a plank of wood across her, pour scalding water over her, or cut her into pieces, and she would not even flinch. She was but a block of life, nothing more than a tree, frozen and unable to react to the dangers that befell her. This was my mistress doll number one. In her state of captivity, there were only two ways that she could communicate life, with her eyes and with her sound. Her eyes darted about deliriously, and a high-pitched, muffled squeal emanated from within her. It was a beautiful sound, and a sound I found intriguing. 
I grabbed a recorder and captured it. I had never before felt such pleasure in such dissonance. I punched her leg. The sound changed. The recorder collected it. I dropped a heavy chair on top of her. The sound changed again, and again the recorder collected it. It was a strange thing to inflict horror and pain and not see it upon the victim's face. For a moment, my mistress doll number one became something surreal, something more than human. She left the bounds of the human condition and surpassed the cavities of mortal fear. I had to remind myself that it was only an illusion and that I created it, turmoil still murdered beneath the flesh. There is a simple reason for what I did to this woman. I hate resistance. The trouble of it, the feel of it, the look of it. If something is threatened or strained or challenged, it resists. And an event, large or small, a brief action or an intricate campaign, embellished with resistance can never be smooth or perfect like the cosmic sun. Resistance is a wrench in the system. The fly ruins the spider's web. The bees attack the trespassing bear. Birth, relationships, dreams. Everything is oozing with some aspect of resistance. I despise it, regardless of the fact that my actions prompt it. And this proposes the important question. Why do people resist me? Because I take their souls. And there is no war more valuable than protecting one's soul. There is also no pain greater than losing one's soul, not burning alive, not dehumanizing with transmogrifying torture. My victims can only wish for such things. These souls I take are not from me. They are for the chasmosins. Little leeches not found in normal time or space but found as a residue of inexplicable events. A conjuration of action, not words or ingredients. The cosmosins I came upon, I found at the roots of evil, awakened by deplorable, gruesome death. A person cut up and churned into butter and strewn across a cold metal floor in flowing, intricate designs. The assailant was unknown, as well as the victim. Amongst these remains, the chasmosins birthed. I watched it occur while the allure of the scene obsessed my curiosity. I looked upon the death art for hours, until by supernatural chance these beings grew forth from the filth, purging themselves from a void not of hell or heaven, but of a void's own empty intelligence. The chasmosins attached themselves to humans and drink. Not blood, but living, extra-dimensional essence. I lost some of my very own essence to the creatures before I learned this truth. The Cosmosins do not demand my obedience, nor am I their disciple. They simply are, just as I am, and I want them. And if I want them, then I have to keep them alive, or present, for whether living or dead, they are most likely neither. At first, I gave them dead things, only to learn that it was futile. Then I gave them sedated things, but that also did not sustain them. 
Finally, I began to give them what they craved. But it was not easy. It took walks at parks at nighttime and travels down dark alleys, with casmosins and chloroform in my pockets. I sedated the victims, but allowed them to awake within bindings. Then I would latch the casmosins to them. For a time, the need to keep the casmosins existing was enough to inspire these doings. But the ambition faded as I continued to deal with the onslaught of horrific, resistant episodes. The war to keep a soul creates resilient soldiers. I realized that I had to change my methods, so I bought tape. I cut away a small surface of the tape on Mr. Stall Number One's stomach, along with fabric and some flesh, and then placed the casmosins within the opening. They latched onto her like upside-down ice cream cones, pointing their rigid tails to the sky as they solidified instantly with the flow of soul. They did not ever fill. It was as if their mouths were portals that transferred the soul to another entity lingering in the distances off in some other domain. And all the while, Mr. Stall Number One lashed their eyes back and forth within their sockets and moaned an earthquake of suppressed sound that I recorded. There, there, my lady, I told her. It will all be over soon. And it was. When the Cosmosins were through, I pulled them off the woman and tucked them back into the lunch pail where I kept them. I removed the tape from her and placed her in a vacant lot in the dead of the night. Mr. Stall Number One was my first success with the peaceful transaction of soul. I was overjoyed at my accomplishment. No more resistance. There have been too many mistress dolls to count, but each has given me a unique sound to keep. I have compiled a layered mix of these sounds. It is my ode to the secret disheveler of life and the father of the Chasmosins, the artist of that scene I stumbled upon so long ago. Perhaps it will beckon forth something else from a void. That concludes episode 51 of The Dark Verse. Make sure you go to thedarkverse.com to download all of the past episodes. You can also get them on iTunes. Also, go to sharkchild.com to visit me. And go to sharkchildsremains.com to purchase The Dark Verse Volume 1 hardcover book. You can get it for $25 with free shipping and no sales tax. And it will be signed by myself which makes it extra cool and extra worth it do not forget about my book signing at dark delicacies on september 20th at 4 p.m dark delicacies is located in burbank california and it is the only brick and mortar store dedicated solely to horror in the united states according to wikipedia which is pretty darn cool I will also be joining F. Paul Wilson, 
who will be signing his new Repairman Jack novel. So, if you're a fan of his, there's two reasons to go. Good day. All stories on the dark verse of the sole property of Shark Gelatin cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.